Good morning and welcome to AC23, the podcast of the Arts Council of Greater Baton Rouge, whose mission is to promote cultural growth, economic development, and educational enhancement through the arts in and around the 11 parish region we serve. This episode is very, very special because it's our 250th episode of AC23, and we thought it would be very appropriate that our guest today is somebody who's also celebrating a very special anniversary. Over the past 60 years, Baton Rouge artist Judy Betts has become internationally recognized for her transparent watercolor paintings, winning more than 100 awards in major competitions. Welcome, Miss Judy. Thank you. How are you doing this morning? Just fine, thank you. Good. So 60 years, that's a, that's a long, long time. Does it feel like 60 years? No, I think oh, always uh, whatever we do or have done, we don't realize the amount of time, whether it's birthdays or years worked or whatever. Yeah. So how old were you when you fi- first picked up a paintbrush? About four Oh, wow, that's okay. So I really never put it down. I I enjoyed art when I was little, as most children do, and then it became a passion, and I never stopped. Did you you know you were going to be a professional artist, or did you just think this is going to be a a hobby? No, I never thought of it as a hobby. I loved doing it, and I always tell uh, young people who are going to college, if you have a passion that it's it's really helps you because then you don't have to wonder what you want to do. It's just part of you, and you just continue being yourself and just study more and learn more and meet people and go places and see things. And in this case, it was art. And um, so it's been a wonderful uh, time. Um, I I smile a lot, I guess, and sometimes perfect strangers say to me, why do you smile? And I say, because I'm happy. And so my life, my career, it's been a very happy time. And I'm at the reception the other night, people said to me, are you still painting? And I said, oh, yes. I mean, I I hope I don't put that brush down for a long time yet. So do you paint every day or? I try to, but sometimes I say I paint in my mind. If I'm sitting on my front porch enjoying the um, birds that fly over and around the pond and the flowers and the sounds of nature. There are butterflies and um, hummingbirds that come very close to my porch. And, and I, I say I'm painting in my mind, so I see pieces of color. I see green bushes at first and trees, and then as I look harder, I see more colors and and so I'm sort of making a composition and, and making a painting just sitting there without mm-hmm. any equipment. Okay, okay. So um, when you're not painting, what does Judy like to do? Oh, my goodness, that's a good question. Um, I enjoy looking at other people's art and reading about art, and I have so many art friends or people interested in art all over the world. My teaching has taken me all over the world. Um, As I mentioned to you earlier, I've taught five-day workshops or longer in every state except South Dakota and Delaware, most provinces of Canada, many foreign countries, uh, Japan three times, Norway, Sweden, Denmark, 
um, the Czech Republic, Bulgaria. And so I still hear regularly from those people. And although I don't use a computer, I don't get emails. Sometimes they email me, but I usually write back or call back. I love the telephone, and I talk to a lot of people all over the world that I've met a long time ago. And at the reception the other night um, at the uh, museum, yeah, there were friends here from uh, 40, more than 40 were here from out of state, not to mention just out of town. And so I have good friends in Alaska and Canada and New York and New Jersey and all over, and uh, I stay in touch with them. Okay. So what the, the reception you're mentioning is right now at the um, LSU Museum of Art and at the Manship Theater, there is a 60-year retrospective of works by Judy Betts. And um, there are, like, you've got private collect. You said you, you borrowed some of them back right. f- to, to have, a, I believe you said, like, over 100 paintings are in yes. the exhibit. Right. Wow. I still own about 15 of them, but the rest we have borrowed from other people. And they were shipped here from all over the United States. I didn't ask for any out of the country. Uh, and so it was very exciting to see them arrive as we opened the containers, it was sort of like opening a photograph album. Yeah. Um, we, d- we didn't have children, but people look at baby pictures and all, and they say, oh, how cute you were then. <laughs> well, I'd, I'd look at my older paintings and be almost have tears in my eyes. Like, oh, I'm getting to see you again. You're yeah. so, I wouldn't say cute, but but sometimes they were better than I thought they were, or sometimes... They were smaller or bigger than I remembered or more colorful or more meaningful to me, maybe more so now than at the time I painted them. Yeah. So they're, they're like your children. Yes. Uh-huh. yes. <laughs> it's like opening a box yeah. of kids. But when people saw the show the other night, I think some honestly thought that that was the body of work from 60 years, but it's just a fraction of it because I'm sure... I've done hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and a couple thousand or three thousand. I don't even know. But that's all I've done all my life is uh, teach art and um, uh, paint or other forms of creativity. So what you're really known for is transparent watercolor. That's correct. So Uh what about watercolor as a medium in the in especially a transparent can you tell us a little bit i mean how how does that speak to you why is that your muse okay um uh, as a student at indiana university in the 50s of course i studied with we worked with clay had a photography class weaving and i became fascinated with metal early on um alma eicherman a well-known metalsmith uh, was my Uh, professor, and I admired her and her work, and I got into that. But after graduating, um, I never set up a metal studio. We were, my husband was transferred here temporarily in 59, and I, I did never thought of of a metal uh, studio. But I was, I wanted to create, and so I chose watercolor. And I was asked the other day about that, and I said, 
watercolor cleans up easily, and if you get it on your clothes, unless they're some of the stain colors, like uh, Windsor Green, for example, they come out. They're water-soluble or they with soap and water. And I, I like that. Um, I like the way the watercolor stays wet, or you can keep it wet and move it a little bit more than some of the other mediums. Um, I really don't care much for acrylic because it ta it dries so fast. Yeah. So I'm used to the way the watercolor works. And um, I was questioned the other day about how I paint and what processes I use. And I gave kind of a silly answer. I said all of the above. <laughs> because after you've done anything... I imagine whether you're an athlete, a musician, or an artist, after a while you you do everything you ever learned <laughs> sort of all at the same time, almost automatically. So it's hard to say, first I do this, then I do that, mm -hmm. then I do that. So my teacher, Rex Brandt, said, first an idea. So when I get an idea, then I have to decide how I'm going to um do it and whether I'm going to make a big painting or a little painting or five or six little paintings or two or three big ones in the exhibit is a triptych which means three paintings that rate, relate very closely to each other the triptych in the museum section has is flowers and I'm not really known as a flower painter but there was a period of time when the angel trumpets blooming in mm -hmm. our yard really fascinated me and they hang down like bells. And some people who would see those paintings thought they were upside down because they thought they would go up the other way. But at that period of time, that fascinated me. And so I just continued the process. And um, I have taught oil painting. I've taught wood carving and macrame and um, paper sculpture lots of things in the public schools. I was the first art teacher hired in Ascension Parish. Um, I had taught fifth grade there for five or six years first before the new school was built and they needed an art teacher. And okay. when I retired in the mid-80s, there were three art teachers there. So the program had grown. And I, I love teaching. I love working and helping people in other media. But as far as I'm concerned, the watercolor is my specialty. I sometimes say to people, Tiger Woods could probably be a good basketball player, yeah. but he chose golf, and that's what he's best known for. So I encourage young artists to choose something and, and work hard with that and variations. Okay. Mm -hmm. So what... What do you paint? You you talked about, you said you're not known as a flower painter, but you mentioned birds and, and green. So kind of what is Judy known for painting? Well, I after we moved here, the beautiful old buildings, uh, most of them rather historical, especially the light buildings, the white ones, or cream color, um, casting shadows, porches, um, rocking chairs on porches. Um, um, that be, that fascinated me. It, it had to do with light and shadow, and of course that's what painting has a lot to do with. Then um, I'm 
I like to paint farm animals, and that surprises people. <laughs> the committee from the museum really liked my cowboy paintings, and they, they wonder why. They said, that's unusual for Louisiana to have a lady painting horses and cowboys, but I taught at several ranches. Um, I taught at the um, uh, 404 Black Angus Ranch near Abilene several times, and I've taught at the Flying U Ranch at 100 Mile British Columbia um, 10 or 12 or 15 times. And the, I not only was fascinated as I was as a child with horses, but then I got to know the cowboys, the owners of the ranch, their families. And I would get up early in the morning sometimes and go out when they would bring in like 100 horses at a time from... It was wilderness to me, big, big acreage, and and they'd be in a corral, and then we'd all go have breakfast, and then they'd saddle them up for the guests. And, and so I would sometimes have my camera and, and enjoyed, especially after I'd been there two or three summers, I realized that this was great subject matter. And and I I liked horses as children. My twin sister and I shared a horse, <laughs> Our father bought us one horse, and we both took turns riding it. But that that led to a lot of figure paintings involving cowboys. And, of course, they have a Western feel to them, and that's okay. I've enjoyed traveling out West, New Mexico, Arizona, so on and so forth. So men sometimes say to me, why don't you paint deer and moose? <laughs> and I say, because I don't know them. See, I know horses, and I I know what they sound like. I know their hoofs when they're running. I like, I'm not afraid of horses. I might be afraid of a moose. Yeah. And, and if I was afraid of something, it would be like eating something you've never eaten before. You might say, well, I might get sick if I eat that. <laughs> so I don't want to paint things that don't interest me. And then um, I've painted a lot of boat paintings. I suppose that is one of my favorite subjects. My husband was in the barge and towboat business for many years, and he was also a deep-sea diver. And so we were around water events, water, shipyards all over the world. Um, and I like the shape of boats. I like riding on a boat. I've only been seasick once or twice in my whole life because I know how to handle myself in fairly rough weather, regardless of the size of the boat. I got to teach on the Queen Elizabeth II oh. from New York to Southampton, England, several wow. years ago. And um, uh, the, the roughest it ever got was when a pencil rolled off the desk in my bedroom or my they don't call it bedroom whatever they call them your stateroom stateroom yeah. right yes but it was a very smooth very wonderful trip and I I like the water and relationship of water and sky and and the vessels of all sorts so I prop if I counted them I probably have done more paintings of boats than anything else okay mm -hmm. so what when you're when you're on the QE2 in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean, what what do you what do you paint? Well, that's a very <laughs> good question. Um, 
course, now people have phones with where they can take photos or they bring photos with them on their phones. But usually in, in my painting classes, people have at least a handful of photographs of some sort. And then some, so some of us would work at times from photographs. Um, other times when I taught on cruise ships in the Caribbean, we would dock um, every couple days or every other day, and then we would paint the local scenery that we saw there. And maybe we'd be there five or six hours and then get back on the, the ships and go on. But it was fun to do that. But um, I can always find something to paint. For example, you ask about the <coughs> QA2. Well, of course, there were a few hundred people aboard. So just sitting and drawing people, you have to be kind of careful. A lot of people don't. It's like taking their photo. They don't like to think that you're drawing them, but I can do it. I can look at the people and have my pencil or pen or colored pencils, paints in my hand and not move very much so they might just think I was writing or reading a book. They wouldn't realize that I was painting and they wouldn't pay attention to us. Okay. And uh, um, I think it's fun that some people who are like to sort of brag about doing plein air painting, but to paint from nature or from the actual subject is quite exciting. Yesterday when um, the lady from the Advocate was at my house, she enjoyed my sketchbooks, and we opened one that was from uh, a workshop in Mexico, and I had painted flowers reflecting in a mirror. I had painted ornate chairs that I had seen mm -hmm. in the hotel lobby and places like that. And see, I wouldn't want to own the chairs necessarily, but because they're in my sketchbook, I sort of feel like I own them, that I've bought them, but I've bought the memory and recorded it in the book. And my sketches are often more important to me than the photographs. I was going to say, that's, that's your version of a photo album. Right, yes. So of all the places you've traveled, do you have a favorite? Well, that's a good question, and I get asked almost every place that I go. And I always say, wherever I am that day is my favorite. So if I'm, if I'm in Honolulu, I say, oh, I, this is my favorite place. If I'm at the University of Alaska Fairbanks, I say, Alaska is my favorite. <laughs> and actually, I've taught more in Alaska than any other state except the years I spent in the public schools in Ascension Parish. Wow. Yeah. So um, I, I've had a taste of various um, ways of, of uh, having art classes. Um, that place where they had the... Um, I can't think of it. In Alaska, there was a big catastrophe. Of the earthquake? I, I, I can't oh, the remember. oil spill? The oil spill, okay. yes. Valdez, yes. Okay. I, I, got to t I taught in Valdez. Oh, wow. And when I got off the small plane in Valdez, I, I was so t taken aback by the mountains. I just stood in one place and turned 360 degrees looking at the mountains. And um, I was there a day early, and the following day, 
I asked to go into the mountains in a car or truck to draw. And so they acknowledged that they would take me. And now it, this was kind of mid-fall, probably end of October. So it was getting cold um, and more toward winter than than fall. And when we got to a pass in the mountains where they thought would be a good place, it's sort of a lookout, I got out of the truck and I couldn't stand up. The wind was so blowing so hard. Oh, my goodness. And um, so, of course, I got back in the truck and then drew with my friends that were in the big vehicle. But um, I, I had such fantastic experiences in different extremely different geographic locations. One time, in going through security out of Canada um, to the United States, I think I was going to um, Phoenix or Scottsdale, and the security people were puzzled that I had so many clothes. And I said, well, I've just come from Canada, and I'm going to Arizona. And... Um, <laughs> So I need a variety, but they, they they could tell that I had more outfits than most people might travel with. But I often would go from, be gone several weeks, going from one extreme to the other. Okay. Well, Judy, your exhibit at the LSU Museum of Art in the Manship Theater runs through the end of December. Yes. And so I encourage everyone to go check it out because it is, it's an amazing career and this absolutely gorgeous paintings. And we're so glad to be able to call you a Baton Russian. Well, thank you. There's a 52-page catalog. And at the reception the, on the 13th of September, every family who visited uh, was given a catalog. And now they're for sale in the museum store. Okay. And it has almost all the paintings. I think by mistake I left out three, but um, it's they're all in color in the catalog. Okay, well, thank you so much. It was fun to catch up with you. And uh, once again, go check out that exhibit at the, at the LSU Manship at the LSU Museum of Art and Manship Theater. And we thank you so much for joining us for AC23. You can catch replays on Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Support for this programming comes from Shell, our generous donors and members. To help us continue programming like this, please consider joining the Arts Council or becoming a donor. Information can be found on our website, artsbr.org. That's A-R-T-S-B-R dot org. See you next Sunday.